Greetings, soul sisters, spiritual brethren, and non-binary siblings. This is the Queer Ritual Podcast, a place to discuss healing, spiritual practices, guided meditations, and self-empowerment with a queer-minded focus. Allies are welcome, too. I'm your host, Ricky B. Malone. My pronouns are he, they. I'm a Reiki master, intuitive healer, and master esthetician based out of the East Coast of the U.S. My goal with this podcast is to empower others to discover their true selves and live the lives they truly want. So the idea for this episode actually came to me during a conversation with a client at the spa. And today I want to talk about limiting beliefs. So what are limiting beliefs? I'm going to define them as beliefs or statements we make to ourselves that limit our potential and close off opportunities for growth. That's a pretty broad statement. So I'm going to go over three main examples of limiting beliefs, specifically anxiety, trust issues, and personal declarations. So anxiety is full of limiting beliefs. Just any variation of, I can't do this. What if people make fun of me? What if people laugh? Anxiety always has an element of either anticipating something that hasn't happened yet or regretting something that we've already done. Anxiety is a necessary survival strategy in the animal kingdom, but we live in modern society now. So anxiety starts with an overactivation of the sympathetic nervous system. We have to counter it with the parasympathetic nervous system. So When the sympathetic nervous system gets activated, that's when your heart rate goes up, your breathing rate goes up, you take more shallow breaths more frequently, and you might find yourself getting jittery or sweaty or having trouble catching your breath. Those are all examples of the sympathetic nervous system being activated. Uh, It's also going to uh, make your body go into that fight or flight response. So your general muscle tone might go up and, you know, there's also like your pupils dilate. There's a bunch of other physiological things that happen specifically so that, you know, if something threatening came our way, we could react in time and survive it. But when it's being activated, when it's not needed, which is what anxiety really is, that's when we have to take mindful steps to counteract those physiological responses. So that would include deep breathing exercises or meditation. So when I say deep breathing exercises, I'm specifically referring to breathing with the belly or breathing to a count. So the one I really like when I'm feeling anxious is the 478 breathing technique. I heard about this from Andrew Weil. I'm not sure if he invented it or not. Uh, But in a nutshell, the 478 breathing technique is breathing in to the count of four, holding it to a count of seven, and then exhaling to a count of eight. And then you do it repeatedly. Breathe in for a count of four, hold for a count of seven, exhale for a count of eight. Uh, I've also found doing those exercises, the breathing exercises, on your back with your feet elevated can help because it makes your heart work less hard to pump the blood from your feet to your heart when your feet are elevated. So that can also help to lower your heart rate 
when you're in an anxious state. And then it's also important to recognize that when you're in an anxious state, you're most likely breathing with the top of your chest instead of with your tummy. You know, when babies breathe, it's always a deep breath through their tummy. You can actually see their tummy go up and down when they breathe. And, you know, babies don't deal with anxiety as much as adults do, right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anytime we catch ourselves making a limiting belief, making a limiting statement or, you know, expressing a limiting belief because of anxiety, it's important to catch it in the moment and counteract that. Some mantras I've come up with to help counteract limiting beliefs from anxiety include, I am capable of more than I admit. I am here in the present moment. Everyone else is in their heads just as much as I am. And nobody's watching me but myself. So, I certainly have dealt with my fair share of anxiety, and now that I'm older, I fully recognize how my anxiety held me back from becoming the person who I wanted to be. I am going to do an episode devoted just to anxiety, so that's going to be it for now. I'm now going to move on to our next example of limiting beliefs, and that's trust issues. So, people with trust issues are going to think thoughts to themselves along the lines of, the only person I can trust is myself. Nobody does it better than me. Nobody cares about me. Or I won't let myself be hurt ever again. So psychologists have known that children who have poor pair bonds with both parents are more likely to develop into adults with trust issues. And then also people who have been cheated on, abused, or exploited in the past will develop hypervigilance as a strategy to prevent being hurt again, which is inherently a trust issue. So the problem with hypervigilance is that it can also prevent someone from developing lasting supportive relationships, not just in one's love life, but in professional and therapeutic environments as well. People with trust issues have trouble going to therapy. Why? Because they can't trust the therapist to do their job correctly. So I'm not saying to let people who have hurt you back into your life just because of limiting beliefs. Ultimately, it is your own responsibility to protect your energy. But if you find yourself developing trust issues, you will be rejecting authentic help from others without even realizing it. So you have to catch those thoughts in the moment and develop the strategies to counteract them. So some mantras I've come up with to help counteract these forms of limiting beliefs include hurt people hurt people. I entrust myself to others. I accept the gifts that have been given to me. I see the pain within me and I will heal it. All right, so the third category I've come up with, it's fairly broad. It's personal declarations. So this includes phobias, and any form of limiting I can't or I will or I am statement. I would also include some forms of addiction in this category too. Um, so examples of it that I've caught myself doing, I have brought up multiple times to people that don't know me very well that I have a parrot phobia. I was attacked by a parrot when I was a kid. And anytime a caged bird is let out of a cage... I inherently get a little bit antsy. I don't have bird phobia to birds like out 
outside out in the wild like that doesn't really bother me at all um but yeah any situation where a caged bird is let out of the cage i i immediately get anxious but i've also caught myself saying like oh i can't go there i can't go to that zoo i can't go to that aquarium because they have parrots and it's like that's pretty silly when you think about it right and i also made the decision to quit drinking this year and I've caught myself saying, like, oh, I'm going to be nervous at that event because alcohol is going to be present. And I don't really have a drinking problem. I, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an alcoholic. I just made a personal choice to stop drinking. But I still catch myself making statements as if I'm going to be triggered by alcohol when I'm really not. And so it's almost just an excuse for me not to go to different events. So this personal declarations category, it's a really broad category. So my advice on this one's going to be more general rather than specific. So the big thing is to just be mindful of the statements that you make about yourself, whether you're just thinking to yourself or having a conversation with someone else. Um, another limiting belief I realized in myself is I've got imposter syndrome. And it the imposter syndrome causes a refusal to accept a compliment when it's been given to me. And so I kind of immediately have the limiting belief of not believing a compliment when it's given to me. <laughs> and that's pretty silly. Uh, ultimately, my imposter syndrome comes from being a perfectionist. Uh, I'm very guilty of thinking like, oh, if I'm not immediately a natural at this, then I'm just not going to do it. Or if my work isn't where I want it to be, I'm just going to quit or I can't put this out yet. It's not where I want it to be. Or yeah, it's like, I don't, I'm not good enough at this. Therefore I won't do it. These are all forms of perfectionism and imposter syndrome. And they're all limiting beliefs. I realize these all come from me and they all stop me from being the person who I want to be with this podcast. It took a lot of work for me to get over that level of perfectionism and just put it out. I have received messages from people being like, hey, I really liked that episode. And, you know, I have to learn how to accept that compliment. It might not be up to my own perfectionistic standards, but that's not the point. If it helps somebody, it helps somebody. And that's it. So... Again, this is going to be broad, so the mantras I've written for personal de the mantras I've written to counteract personal declarations include I am capable of more than I give credit. I am capable of whatever I put my mind to. And when someone pays me a compliment, believe it. All right. That's it for now. I hope that helps somebody today. You know, so what are the limiting beliefs you have in yourself? It's ultimately going to come down to mindfulness, catching it in the moment, and nipping it in the bud, and then developing the counter-beliefs to help squash those limiting beliefs. We can't be the people who we want to be as long as we are holding ourselves back. If you wish to contact me directly or have your question featured in a future episode of the podcast, you can send me an email at tqrpodcast at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, tqrpodcast, or my personal Instagram, Ricky Dementia. 
That's R-I-K-I, Dementia. Thank you for listening. With love and gratitude, signing off.